Okay. I'll open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you for this, this church you provided us, Lord, with this, this, this church family. Lord, we just ask you to be here and just bless our time together. And uh, just uh, ask that you reveal your word to us, Lord. Help us to understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, this week, I had uh, an experience. You uh, have to, you run an old sprayer, you got to work on it. And uh, it, was, it was acting like the turbo wasn't working. It ran fine, but it just didn't have any power. And... Uh, I uh, got up there to look, check the turbo stuff out, and it doesn't have an intercooler, it just goes right from the turbo to a sheet metal intake manifold, and I had had to replace that intake manifold once before. It used to be a spreader truck, so fertilizer kind of sits on it and doesn't get washed, and so I kind of thought it was intake, that intake manifold deal again, but it was just encrusted in motor oil, dust, sludge. Took a screwdriver and clean it. You, can't, you still can't see anything. And I, I thought, hey, you know what? Ken Blocker's got a pressure washer. I could pressure wash this and be able to see everything. And so I call Ken and, and uh, he says, yeah, come on up. Uh, this thing's set up all the time, hot pressure washer. And uh, nice setup. Anyhow, I get there, I'll pressure wash it off. Well, the sprayer hasn't seen a bath in a while either, so it kind of started leading to the rest of the truck, so it took a little while, but uh, I got up there and looked, and I don't see anything wrong. I don't even see where the oil was coming from. The injectors are all right there too, so could have been one of those leaking. Don't really know. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, well, I wasn't thinking this, but I don't want to impose on somebody, but Ken says, just pull it up to the shop on concrete and uh, let's look at it because there's that tube that goes between the, blow, uh, the turbo and the intake manifold. Maybe that's got, it's got two rubber hoses and a steel pipe. Maybe it's rusty, maybe it's blown. Anyhow, this cab jacks up. You can you take a couple of bolts out and you can tip that cab for it and give you all kinds of room because otherwise that pipe's only that far below the bottom of the cab. Well, one thing leads to another. I got a bad cab mount. So the cab, instead of jacking forward, jacked off to the side, and then went up and caught, you know, and then it's catching things, because it's not made to go at an angle. And I said, you know what? I got new cab mounts at home. Maybe we should change that one. And so I went home got new cab mounts and came back. And uh, it was still not as easy as you would ever hope that it could be. It was just a poor design. And uh, it required a lot of tools and a lot of time, torch, welder, it included everything. Well, you know, Ken stood right there, right next, right with me the whole time. I was really kind of surprised by that a little bit. I mean, this guy's busy. He's doing cutting, planting beans. And uh, a verse came to my mind. Uh, uh, Love thy neighbor came to my mind. And then that Samaritan, the story about the Samaritan came to my mind. I wasn't naked or beat, but getting there. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, we'd run into a problem. Hey, I got a porta power. It's a jack that you can push things apart. Well, it's 10 ton. We're jacking in there. I think it's moving. All of a sudden, the frame went bang. Broke the frame. It was unbelievable. And uh, so, let it off, and it came back together and everything. So, Ken brings out his welder. I weld it back up. We're looking. There's a bracket in there that's missing, or it's missing a bracket, but there's two holes. You know, if we built a bracket, maybe that would hold it, too. Well, Ken, being a machinist, takes a couple of measurements. I give him a couple of measurements. He goes in and drills it out, builds it. The bolts just fall in. I mean, there's two holes. It's the exact match. And, you know, just to help hold everything together. Because we still haven't gotten that 
cabman out, but it's part, partly the way out now. Well, it ended up we had to get the torch out and cut the cab mount out. And I mean, it's, what do they call it? The rubber is glued to the steel, vulcanized, and uh, try cutting that with a torch. Lots of flame. My windshield's like this far away from that mount. So Ken's built plywood and steel and try to keep that window from getting broke out. And uh, we finally get it apart, and like I said, it was just a hassle the whole time. All we wanted to do is get the, get the cab back on. Just get the cab put back together now. I don't care about the turbo stuff. Anyhow, uh, he, uh, um, so I got out the scripture because it, uh, I don't know, God gave me this, this word by going through this experience with somebody that's got their own stuff to do, you know? Uh, well, let's read the, let's read the um, story about uh, the Good Samaritan, which was on Luke 10, um, 25. Uh, and behold, a certain lawyer. My Bible has a caption above this that says, How to inherit eternal life. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? He's a lawyer. He should, he knows the law. And, uh, what is your reading of it? This is Jesus talking. So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> and he said to him, you have, Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and, and you will live. Uh, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? You know what? I think that's a really good question. Uh, because I kind of had that question. Who's my neighbor? You know, my neighbors, to me, I guess, uh, I live in kind of a upper-end neighborhood, and so I look at my neighbors with a four-story house and a, and a six-bay shop, and I, I joke, but I say, coveting, you know, because... Uh, those are my close neighbors anyway. Anyhow, uh, he says, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Uh, now, by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samarian, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on, pouring in, no, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him up to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and, who, and whatever more you spend, when I come, I will repay you. So which of these do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said to him, Who showed mercy on him? Then Jesus said to him, Go, and do likewise. Uh, that's the... I feel like that's almost directly what, what Ken did for me. He spent the day, uh, his tools, his gas for his torches, his welding rod or welding supplies, and his time. And not only that, but Janet came out and visited us like twice, bringing us iced tea and cookies. Uh, 
I was humbled. You know, I was, I was impressed. You know, and to, to actually be like that, uh, like I said, everybody's busy. That priest that was walking by, you know, they had rules, certain rules about touching. He didn't know if the guy was alive or dead. It would take a long time to, to uh, clean up or whatever they called it. Uh, anyhow, he had to be somewhere. The uh, Levite, you know, who knows what his deal was. He looked at him, but then walked around him and kept going. I mean, he didn't want to take care of him, didn't want to help him. I don't know why he wouldn't do something for somebody. He just had enough money for his food and his stay or something, so can't help you guy. Uh, but uh, what it takes to, um, to love your neighbor selflessly and intentionally, we got to spend time in the Word each day. Uh, the Bible gives us encouragement, challenges us, it edifies us. Uh, you know, we're all sinners saved by grace. And uh, number two, pray intentionally. And see, I'll admit, I didn't pray intentionally, but, you know, it still worked. Because we were working on that truck, and it's like, Lord, guide me to the issue here. You know, what's the, what's the deal of this thing? As we are just standing there, it wasn't like we closed our eyes or anything, just... The Lord's with us, so just mention what we're going through. He knows. Anyhow, uh, but we and uh, others, others, others' needs are just as important. Love, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, I mean, your needs are important. Your neighbor's needs are important. And, and, and still the same thing, that the neighbor is not just because you walk out on your porch and look at the five houses you can see and then call those your neighbors. Proximity is not uh, your, your only neighbors. Uh, our greatest commandment is to love. And so that makes everybody we pass by our neighbor, just like the uh, Samaritan. And... Uh, you know, and I think when we share what we're praying about, you know, uh, there's three of us there working on this truck. When we share what we're praying about, uh, we all have the same mind. You know, we all have the same goal. We all have the same God. But uh, uh, it also holds when, when we're praying for a neighbor or, or anything, uh, and we share share what we're praying about. Call somebody, and and let them know that you're concerned or what you're praying about, and asking God for, because it also gives accountability. And you have a buddy, you have someone to pray with. You know they'll ask you. And uh, uh, we uh, seem to live way more. Busy, I don't know. I didn't live back then. But it seems like we're more busy or, I don't know, I feel like I am. What, how far I go with a sprayer that only goes 40 miles an hour, some of these people didn't travel in their lives. And uh, I'm from one end of the county to the other in the same day. Uh, what was the other? There was another... Yeah. John 15, 2, 12, 13. Oh, what? John, what? 15, 12, and 13. Uh, this is my commandment. Then the, to lay down one. Uh, I mean. It's still about love. It's not about your neighbors that are close. It's about our 
what, it's our commandment. It's what God's command us to do is to love. That's how they can tell us from anybody else, is by our love. There's a song like that. That's actually a really good song. Anyhow, that's, uh, that's my opening this morning. I thank you, Ken. I saw Ken earlier. I don't see him anymore, but uh, appreciate your help. Uh, another, another love thy neighbor thing is Jeff sending me uh, scripture and fitting scripture. It's like how? Well, I know God's involved, but how's He know? You know, but uh, just thank you, Jeff. Anyhow, let's uh, have the worship team come forward and and. Uh, I'll pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the worship team. Thank you for their, uh, their time to uh, lead us in worship of you, Lord. Lord. We just ask you to bless their time up here in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. You're welcome to stand. And Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind but now I see I once was lost but now Stand again. What can stand again? Our God is greater, our God is strong. 
Isaiah 6, 1 through 3, says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Heavenly Father, we are gathered here to glorify your name. We just ask that you would continue to guide us and to remind us of your presence, your holiness, Lord. May we glorify you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning again. <clears throat> it's good to be here this morning. Um, you ever have weeks where you know you have something that you're planning for because I know that I was planning to be up here and uh, I just think it's ironic that I've been speaking out of Acts and we're in the middle of Acts chapter 2 and we're looking, we're talking about if you know what's at the beginning of Acts chapter 2 when we, uh, a couple weeks ago when I was sharing that, it's about the coming of the Holy Spirit and and him guiding us and leading us and speaking through us and using us. And, and I keep studying and I keep reading. And this morning, I, for some reason, I uh, have stuff prepared like I felt like I was supposed to. And that's where we're going to go. But I don't know if that's where we're going to end. I just don't know. Some mornings you just get the feeling like, uh, 
I don't know. So you're going to get to uh, experience it with me. Um, I do feel like the Lord has given me some things to say, but there's other things. It's like, I, we'll see where we go. I just think it's interesting in what I'm talking about that that's the feeling that I have this morning. So uh, Acts chapter 2 and verses 14 through 36 is what we're going to read. And we'll see where we end up going from there. Acts 2, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he, him, he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that as we look into it, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to hear what you have. Give me the words to share that you would have us to hear today. In your name we pray, amen. <clears throat> so a couple weeks ago when we did the first part of chapter 2, uh, we were talking about all of the disciples and, and the 120 or how many people were in the room, and the, the Holy Spirit came, and it was like a, a mighty wind, and it came as... Uh, um, tongues of fire, and we were talking about that a little bit, and then they they all came out and they started speaking and sharing. They were and everybody was hearing them in their own language. And they're trying to figure out what in the world is going on here. What happened? What's what is this all about? And so there, where we left off last time was that there were pe people mocking them, telling them that they were full of new wine. And that's where we stopped. So that's kind of an odd place to stop, but that's where we stopped last time. So Peter. Peter was known as being kind of um, bullheaded and uh, not afraid to get his foot in his mouth, maybe, or, or he just he would stand up and say, he just did, that's who he was. So here he is standing up again and trying to convince them, but yet not really convincing, but just stating, um, they're not, this is not what you think it is, they are not drunk, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning, who in the world gets drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning? This is the first, he starts with the first speech of many speeches that are given in the book of Acts. But they aren't drunk, it's only nine in the morning. First Thessalonians 5, 7 for the, says, For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Why do you suppose that's done at night? Try to hide it, maybe? I don't know. 
Things are done in the darkness or trying to be hidden. That's probably why. But it's 9 o'clock in the morning. That's not what's happening. But here, Peter jumps right in to something that was prophesied in Joel. In the book of Joel. And if you go back to Joel chapter 2, it, it's the same thing. It says exactly the same thing. I'm not going to go back to it. But Peter says there's these things are going to happen and, and uh, the, 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 I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And it goes on and says that different things that might happen in the end time. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. What does that all mean? I'm not entirely sure what it all means. But here's what Peter brings everything back to. Peter is not trying to defend so much as he is trying to proclaim. And here's where it ends. And it says, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's 9 o'clock in the morning, they're not drunk. But here's the main point. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Prophesied clear back in the book of Joel, this is what it's talking about. When that was written, and I can, can you imagine reading some of these things and not being able to see what we can see today and read the rest of Scripture, but reading just in Joel and trying to understand what in the world that was talking about. You know, I will pour out my spirit on what does that even mean? What is that even supposed to look like? And so when it comes and it happens and now everybody's questioning, what is going on? Are these guys drunk or what is the deal? No, Peter says we're not. They're not. And here's the main point. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't miss it. Don't miss that. That is what it's all about. That is why this is happening. That is why these things are happening. Don't miss the main point. <clears throat> Don't be distracted by you're hearing everybody in your own language because this is the whole point. We want people to know who Jesus is. We want people to know what happened when Jesus died and rose again. Again, we can read all of Scripture now and we can, we can live and sometimes we operate and we can feel the Holy Spirit working through us or the Holy Spirit guiding us and giving us things to say and sharing with us and we see things that happen, but here I, it would have been a little harder to understand maybe what was going on. There's still a lot of things that we don't understand. Uh, Leah was reading out of Isaiah, or it was said a couple times about the, the thing with six wings and two covering their eyes and two there. And what is that supposed to be? I don't know. There's a lot of things that we still don't understand, but let's not forget the things that we do understand. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter cut straight to the point. Romans 10.13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is what was the most important. And Peter wanted to make sure that people didn't miss it. And he wasn't going to spend time arguing and defending and trying to convince people. He wanted to say, no, no, look back at Joel. This is what Joel prophesied because people would have probably known, some of them would have known what had been said in Joel. And he said, here's what was said clear back in Joel. I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. I just want you to not miss the point. Because there's a lot of times in our lives today that it feels like we've, we need to defend ourselves. People, we could just get someone to understand where we're coming from, it would all make more sense. And the more experiences that I have, you realize that there's not, if you're not, if you are following what Christ, what the Bible teaches, and you're trying to operate in the Spirit and do what God is asking you to do, you don't need to defend yourself. Your actions and the way you live should defend yourself for you. And Peter could have easily got into an argument with these people, but he didn't. He says, this is what Joel said, this is what's happening. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and Peter then quickly gets the topic back to Jesus. Let's get it back to Jesus. You see, the other thing that I find interesting is that the, Jesus had been here walking on the earth and healing and uh, doing all these different miracles, and even the religious leaders of the day knew that only those kind of signs could be done by nobody other than God. 
And so that's when Nicodemus, excuse me, comes to Jesus in John chapter 3 and verse 2. says, what do I have to do to be saved? Because he knew that the only way that these things could be happening is if it was God was involved in that somehow. That's the only way it could be happening. Even the religious leaders knew that. They didn't necessarily want to admit it or they weren't ready to uh, acknowledge that that was what was going on. But they knew that. What's interesting about this whole situation is that the Holy Spirit coming uh, and they're prophesying, they're talking about calling on the name of the Lord and you're going to be saved. And he goes into talking about the miracles that he worked and the wonders that he did. This was brand new news. Hot off the press, if you want to call it that. Two months prior to this, Jesus was crucified. Jesus was crucified very uh, publicly. And everybody saw it. Everybody knew what was going on. There was no hiding what had happened. He was crucified. He had died. And then he was buried, and then he rose again. And he had appeared to several people since he was risen. But they couldn't refute what, he was, what Peter was saying. Because as Peter goes on, he keeps talking about, um, let's see, verse 23. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. They couldn't refute the fact that Jesus had risen because there was no body in the grave anymore. Everybody had seen him die A lot of people had seen him after he came back to life. They knew the grave was empty. There was absolutely no way that they could refute what Peter was saying. And therefore, they knew it had to be true. Everybody there had witnessed it. I want to read uh, Matthew uh, chapter 26, verse 24. One verse here. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And obviously is talking about Judas, but what is really, really interesting to me here is that Jesus came and he lived on this earth. He lived a perfect life. The whole purpose for him coming was to die and to be that ultimate sacrifice. But then he allowed people who had free choice to fulfill that plan. It's amazing to me. Jesus came, lived the perfect life, and the people, the very people that he created, the very people that he loved and that he came to save are the very same people that chose to crucify him. And so God's plan for redemption was filled out by us who have choice, who he gave choice to. It's incredible to me just to think about what that means. But he still loved us, regardless of what we did, regardless of of, uh, the fact that he was spit on and he was beaten and he was hung on the cross and they made fun of him. He still loved them, and he still loves us today. But nobody could deny it because everybody was there. Everybody had seen it. They couldn't try to argue against the fact that Jesus was risen from the dead because they knew that he was. They couldn't argue against the fact that he was, had been crucified because they saw it happen. He reads out his Psalms again. For David says, concerning him, I foresaw the Lord. I'm back in Acts chapter 2, sorry. For he is at my right hand, but I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make my, me full of joy in your presence. This is from Psalms, David talking, knowing that It goes on to say, now Peter says, now listen, David was like a prophet here prophesying what was going to happen. David died, and he's still dead. He didn't come back to life. 
But again, he wants to point people back to Jesus because David realized that God had made a promise to him and was going to bring the line of Jesus through him. And one of his descendants is who that was going to be. And it was. If you follow the genealogy back, it was one of David's descendants is where Jesus came from. David prophesied that it would happen. He was saying or predicting that one of his descendants would be on the throne. That's exactly what happened. Today, we are all witnesses of Jesus' ministry. We have experienced the goodness of God. Sharon shared this morning about Jennifer going outside for apparently the first time in quite a while on her own. There's things that happen, Ray, what he was sharing, different things. All of us have experiences during the week that we have experienced the goodness of God. We might not always see it. We might not always understand it. We might not always understand how it's supposed to fit in and how it's supposed to help us, but all of these things are working together. God is working in our lives to point us back to him. And if we forget that point, that he wants to point us back to him, then we will not ever understand some of these things that happened and some of the things we may not understand anyways. Back to Acts Here's what Peter says after he read from the Psalms. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus... And we're not talking about David anymore. We're talking about Jesus. God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. We've all seen it. We all saw what happened. Talking to them back then. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. And Peter right now brings it right back around. So this is what is happening here. The Holy Spirit has come. This is what it is that is really happening. I don't well, Let's not get confused. Let's not get distracted by uh, the wind and the, the tongues of fire and all the stuff that happened. Let's not forget what the main point is. And the main point is that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Holy Spirit had come. Jesus had gone back to heaven. He had in turn sent the Holy Spirit to come who still lives and works inside of us today. And that's exciting. Next week we celebrate Pentecost. I think we've got another little activity that we're going to do to illustrate that. I'm still working on that. But how exciting is it for us today that in the same way that the Spirit came, clear back here in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit still is here with us today. He hasn't left. Maybe with the illustration of the chocolate milk that I used, he's all settled out in the bottom. And we just need to shake it up, revive it a little bit. We need to get excited about what God is doing. We need to remember that we experience the goodness of God every single day of our lives. We were sitting out on the patio this morning, and it was before the clouds moved in, and the sun was shining, and it was warm, and it was nice, and it was calm, and there's flowers blooming. And you do something like that, how can you not experience and see the goodness of God? But sometimes I think we, ch we choose not to. We choose not to. So Peter comes right back around and he says, um, he poured out this, sorry, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and hear. This is what's happening. Don't be confused by what's happening here. This is a good thing. This is an amazing thing. As we go into next week, we're going to see some of the results of what has been happening because of the Holy Spirit coming. The Holy Spirit has been given. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, He is a part of your life. And the question that I have today is, what are you going to do with what you know? 
What are you going to do with what you know? And the second question that I would pose to you this morning is how are you going to respond knowing that the Holy Spirit is here? Are we going to listen? Are we going to let it settle out in the bottom of the cup of milk? Or are we going to shake it back up? We're going to reactivate it if you want to call it that. He didn't leave. He's not gone. He's still here. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond to that? My heart and my desire is to be listening to the Spirit. And I'm not saying that I always do that very well. But you know what? Tomorrow is a new day. And God's mercies are new every single morning. And so if we missed it today and we didn't do what we were supposed to today, tomorrow's coming. The next hour is coming. And we can start right here from where we are. And we may have missed things. We may have uh, blown things. And the Holy Spirit prompted us to do something. We didn't do it. But just keep looking. Keep watching. Because there will be more things. There will be more opportunities. There's going to be more ways that we can see Him work. And let's not ever forget that we have truly experienced the goodness of God. We're going to have um, a group come up. They're going to do a special song for us. If they want to come up and get ready at this time, what are you going to do with what you know? After they're done, um, I'll pray again, and I'll let you know what is going on after that. to get my number straight here. All right, so I am really excited this morning because Jason concluded his message by pretty much stating something that comes from this song. That's our God. So I, I don't believe in coincidences at all. Um, this song is called Just As Good. I just want to pose a question to you guys, this, that what this song means to me. Do you remember God? You're like, Jaden, what do you mean by that? What is that supposed to mean? Do you, remember, do you remember God when you're at your lowest? Because when you're at your best, it's pretty easy. When you first experienced the love of Christ, when you first became a believer, I mean, mountaintop experience, right? Cloud nine is how a lot of people would describe that. You would say, God is good. God's great. And then life sometimes comes at us and hits us, and we're like, God, where are you? Why, why am I going through this? Why is this happening? In those moments, God is just as good as he was on those days where we could actually see his goodness. So I, I, I guess, if anything else, I want this to be a remembrance of that. Maybe you are in that season right now where it's just tough, and it's hard, and you can't see it. But he's done it before, he'll do it again. So with that, we'll start. feels so weak got this weight upon my chest and I can't stop forgetting my God that you've never left you're right here with me still I'm convinced you're hiding oh God would you remind me you're still just as good as when I met you. You're still just as kind. Don't let me forget that you're still the same God who led me through the fire. You're still the same God who separates the waters. Come do what only you can do. God, I need you. You've done this before. Will you do it again? 
Because the waves are all around me And it feels like I'm drowning My God, and you will reach down and give me your hand Cause even when I'm doubting Your love, it still surrounds me you're still just as good as when I met you. You're still just as kind. Don't let me forget that you're still the same God who led me through the fire. You're still the same God who separates the waters come do what only you can do god i need you oh and i will build an altar and stack it stone by stone because every ebenezer says i've never been alone my faith will surely falter that don't change what you've done Cause every Ebenezer points to where my help comes from And I will build an altar And stack it stone by stone Cause every Ebenezer says I've never been alone my faith will surely falter but that don't change what you've done because every ebenezer points to where my help comes from because every ebenezer points to where my help comes from you're still just as good as when i met you you're still just as kind don't let me forget that you're still the same god who led me through the fire you're still the same god who separates the waters come do what only you can do oh come do what only you can do. And I will build an altar and stack it stone by stone because every Ebenezer says I've never been alone. My faith will surely falter but that don't change what you've done because every Ebenezer to where my help comes from oh every ebenezer points to where my help comes from thank you very much for doing that Hope you all have a good week. We're going to close in prayer. I'm actually going to bless the food. There is a uh, lunch downstairs. There's a fundraiser for Partner Haiti. And uh, I was just told, too, that you can just come eat, even if you don't want to donate anything. So uh, you're welcome to come down to eat right after we're done here. And then uh, Brittany will be sharing just a little bit about Partner Haiti and what it is. And uh, we're looking forward to, to that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love. Lord, I thank you for leading us, for guiding us. I pray that as we go about our week this week, that you would continue to speak through us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make us aware of the things around us, of people around us, situations around us. I pray, Lord, that you most of all would be glorified. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for the food that's been prepared. I just pray that you would bless it, guide our week. In your name we pray, amen. Stand up and shake somebody's hand, and you can be dismissed.